Good morning, 6.37 or almost 6.38 here on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News, informative, local, dependable. Wes Moreno is the uh, Escambia County Administrator, and he joins us every Thursday. Uh, whether we're having a meeting or not, and today we are, uh, and we'd like to go over the agenda a little bit so we can figure out what people might be interested in. Wes, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Hey, good morning, Andrew. It's great to be here. Hey, great to have you, as always. Uh, One of the items on the agenda today is to talk about doing an archaeological survey for OLF-8. I assume this is by necessity, since we're going to be digging in the ground to make sure there's no, you know, anything buried there that would be of archaeological significance. Is that the idea? Yeah, that's correct. And the way this came about is when we did the land swap with the Navy, uh, part of that agreement was that we would... Uh, be responsible to to ensure that an archaeological survey would be performed, whether we did it or whether the the you know, whoever takes ownership of the property eventually would have to do it. But we figured it would be best for us to do it since we're the single owner right now, and uh, we won't we'll know what we're running into and what we're dealing with as time moves on and, and we begin to sell those parcels off. And so this is what that is. It's a follow up to the initial agreement with the Navy to be able to perform this. And I'm also assuming that because the Navy didn't really dig in the dirt there, that they didn't have to do this previously because it was just a giant grassy field with the, you know, some landing area on it. That that's that. But but this concerns me because if we discover something, and I'm not saying it's likely, but if we manage to discover something, that could jeopardize some or all of the project, right? Well, it would send us through a process for sure. I don't know that it would, it would, you know, it would jeopardize the whole project. And, and you know, we do this not not just on this project, but we do this on, on numerous projects. Sure. That we construct civil projects or vertical projects. Uh, it's part of our process. Uh, almost any grant funding or federal funded or federally or state associated project that we do an environmental assessment. Even when we purchase property, we do a phase one environmental assessment, and we find something, we go to a phase two. So it's really not out of the norm. It's just a step in the process that we have to do. And I would say that um, it's rare, extremely rare, uh, that it produces anything of significance. Right. Um, so but you, but you do it in case, right? I'm not too concerned about it, but it is, it is, it is a step in the process. And I guess, I, I guess sort of final thought on this, and I know none of this was your decision because we got OLF8 when you were, I think, still just in the roads department, you know, if I remember correctly. Um, but mm-hmm. it seems That's like... Right. You know, if this is something important, and it is, and if this is something that if we find stuff, it could be a significant problem, and we hope it's not, but it could be. I mean, theoretically, uh, it seems like the kind of thing that really should have been done before the land swap. <laughs> like, this should have been part of the due diligence beforehand. Am I overthinking it? Could it have been done before we did it to make sure this wasn't an issue? Well, well, it could have been. Whether it should have been or not, I don't know, but it could have been. But, you know, I would surmise, and like I said, I wasn't involved in, like you said, I wasn't involved in that right. part of it. Right. But I would almost uh, guarantee that there was some initial assessment done, whether it was a formal survey or not. I would almost guarantee there was some initial assessment done uh, throughout that process. Okay. So we would feel right. comfortable as we move forward. And I, all I know is I'm having, I'm having Tech Park flashbacks because I know that just the need to do that kind of an assessment that hadn't been done appropriately was what cost us App River downtown. Uh, at least that's part of the background of that. So that's kind of where my, you know, my, my triggers are going off a little bit. Um, you guys are actually going to sure. be approving today, I think, the funding uh, uh, reception for the full-time employees to really launch this opioid intervention program in EMS. Is that right? 
That is correct. $657,000 of some change, yep, for uh, some registered nurses and some EMTs uh, to work to work throughout the program and respond. And it's a good program. It's a good initiative. And I always appreciate when our staff seeks out uh, new initiatives that, that seem to be successful and processes and technologies. But this is an extremely uh, optimistic program. I'm optimistic about it. I uh, look for good things. I think if anybody can work to make it successful, it's going to be Dave Tercel on our side and then with our partners. And so I'm looking uh, really for good things and, and, and just curious and excited to see the impact that it has on our local community. Uh, we also are going to have the follow-up, and I love this program, by the way. I'm so excited to see this start to roll out. Basically, imminently um, is what I'm hearing, like, within a month or two. Is, I mean, just it, it, generally, that's right. We like we want to get this going now, right? Absolutely. Uh, one of the things you're going to talk about is the follow-up to a vote the board took recently to kind of direct staff to figure out what would be involved in removing the Living Shoreland Project at Navy Point. A lot of contention over this project. Uh, obviously, it was uh, discussed and uh, talked about when uh, the District 2 Commissioner was not in attendance. And so we're going to have this on the agenda today. You're, you've, we've got a rough projected estimate for the removal, right? Yeah, the rough projection that's for the actual removal, I think, is two hundred fifty thousand, and then you know there's some additional dollars to re-implement an initiative, and you know, the hundred eighty thousand dollars that we received initially, so we'll have to reinvest that that money in a different kind of project uh, somewhere else. So there'll just be some general discussion and looking for some direction as we move forward, as to how the board envisions us, you know, procuring. Uh, the removal of, of those uh, oyster bags, if you will, and then uh, the, the uh, strategy moving forward. Where where do we re-implement, and what do we re-implement? And I think Chips, Kirkenfield, and Tim Bay will have some thoughts and some information for the board. And I know there's been there were questions about you know well maybe just remove the oyster bags at the you know sandy beach kind of portions, which would be a small subset of the whole project. Uh, Commissioner Bender had talked about. Can we not do a little bit more of a study to figure out if this is the right way forward? Uh, did I don't see any of that in the backup, but was is any of that going to also be presented to the board to decide between? Absolutely, absolutely. It'll be, it should be a robust uh, discussion. I think uh, Chips and Tim have had a little bit of time to get their hands wrapped around it after hearing the board's direction from the last meeting, and I think they'll be prepared to, to discuss a little more in depth this meeting. All right, very good. Well, you know, I'll be looking forward to that because obviously now that I assume that uh, Commissioner Underhill is going to be there, this may be a, a little bit more involved than it had been the last time. But as you say, you know, let's let's put everything on the on the uh, table and talk about it. Uh, we've also got a discussion about the acquisition of property from, uh, I think it's from University of West Florida that have been the owners on North 9th Avenue. This is the old church property, uh, a fair bit of land involved, if I understand it right, and Commissioner Bender wants to make this into a community center in that area of town. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly right. This is his initiative, something he's been working on for quite some time. We put a lot of due diligence uh, on the front end of this uh, procurement, and we've been working hard with UWS. They've been a great partner with us. And, uh, you know, Commissioner Bender has been uh, just really had, wanted, had a, a strong desire to create a community center there in District 4 in that area. And this is a good opportunity for us. We've done the assessment of the building. We know what it's going to take uh, to convert it into into what his vision is there. And I think when it's all said and done, when it's all converted, I think it's going to be a great amenity there in District 4. And I think it will be heavily used and utilized. 
Yeah, it's definitely something he's been working on for a while, and it's it's good to see the sort of preliminary phases of this project seem to start to come to pass. It's uh, 645. We're talking to Wes Marino, the Escambia County Administrator. Wes, hang on for just a second. I have a couple other things I wanted to highlight with you. Uh, before that, Candy Cullerton has traffic on the fives. And we're not showing any slowdowns or delays. Taking a look at 9th Avenue, not showing any problems there over by PSE or all clear. 437-1620 is the number. If you see that slowdown or accident, Candy Cullerton with traffic on the fives. Thanks so much, Candy. Back to Wes Moreno the uh, county administrator for Escambia County. We also have an item here for a new pet licensing software. And uh, I was listening to some of this conversation between John Robinson and Commissioner Bergash during his coffee with the commissioner. But we're like currently don't have the software. What will this do for us? It's not a big ticket item, but it's a pretty important item for running the animal shelter, right? That's correct. So we were using a software called DocuPet or a service called DocuPet. And uh, there's been some issues there with DocuPet, and they've made a decision to basically move out, move out of the state of Florida. So we have uh, we've had to look for an alternative for pet licensing. And we're already using Chameleon as our records retention and storage and data storage. And they have some different modules that also do pet licensing. And so what this is is purchasing those modules, paying a setup fee, to, to transfer all the data over, and then we'll we'll start using Chameleon basically as our new pet licensing uh, software. So it's been a little bit of an iteration, but I think John Robinson's done a fantastic job uh, seeking out an alternative, and uh, we're getting ready to implement it. Last thing that I had for you on the agenda today is, um, and I hate to say this out loud because it has been such a contentious topic at the city and to some degree at the county, but. Roger Scott tennis resurfacing is going to be on the agenda for today, right? What's uh, what's what's going to be the item? Because this seems like this drama saga, and especially all the money that's been involved in all of this. What are we thinking about today? So what I'm going to talk about today is actually doing a study uh, to be paid out of um, the tourist development tax. Okay. Uh, to I guess to see what the impact of Roger Scott. Uh, the project there would have on tourism. You know how you know how much of a positive impact does it have? We know it does have a positive impact, but to what degree? And if it, you know, depending on the, what the study brings back to us, you know, that's possible additional funding up to a million and a half, possibly two million dollars. And so that's kind of what the discussion will be this morning. Which again, you know, the um, as I recall, the county had already promised some money to go into this project, but costs keep rising, and the exact shape of the project has been in some fluctuation. This would be to be able to justify county funds being increased if we can show that there's a net revenue to the county from from bed tax money. Is that basically the idea? Uh, yeah, the funds would actually be TDC funds. Oh, t- okay. Sorry, utilizing additional TDC funds. Now, what we've what we've obligated is one point three of one point three million of ARPA money toward the project. Okay, is what our obligation has been thus far. As part of the like health and activity and wellness stuff that came down connected to ARPA, that makes perfect sense. Last thing, uh, you guys have the fair, and at the fair, you've got uh, basically job opportunities. Yeah, you know, it's a great initiative. Our HR department, our labor relations uh, staff have come together and worked out uh, the ability to put us uh, a booth there at the fair. And so as you're you're coming through and you see us, come say hi, inquire about our job opportunities and and, uh, the things that we have going on. I think it's a great idea, uh, solely implemented by by staff and trying to, again, 
trying to think outside the box a little bit, and they do a great job at that. So uh, I think it's great. I think I'm excited. Maybe we'll be able to recruit some folks to come in and be part of our Skinner County team. Hey, look at a look at a basically a chance to tell somebody. Okay, if you want to be able to afford more funnel cakes, you can just get a job, and then you can come back every day to the fair. It'll be good. Uh, good. And I love you guys you looking go. looking in different places to find employees. I love that. Wes Moreno, he is the county administrator for Escambia County. Wes, as always, thank you for the time, sir. We look forward to the meeting today. Uh, thank you, Andrew. You bet.